Hello, you're listening to the on the road edition of the Pancake King, life and marriage on the spectrum, where I four sit down with friends and family at different places to give you a window into my life and share stories. Welcome to another on-the-road edition of the Pancake King, where uh, we crossed a bridge and settled down in a hotel, so I'd say that's uh, literally on the road. Um, I am here, I'm Forrest, and with me is KG. Hello. Why don't you tell them a little bit about why we're in a hotel? Uh, yeah, I just came back from uh, Royal Family Kids Camp. It camp for neglected and abused foster children. And uh, every year after I come back from that, we uh, just go to a hotel on the other side of the river and spend a couple days uh, to relax and kind of, um, you know, allow me to settle down. And uh, it's been nice. We just got back from the movie Nope. So uh, I know that this episode, it will not be coming out for a while. By then, Nope will probably no longer be in theaters. But if you feel like renting it digitally, it's a mild recommend. So. I liked it. So, with that being said, I said it was a mild recommend. Um, so, with that being said, uh, I thought it would actually be a fun idea since we're just, you know, cooped up here in our hotel room and we don't know what to do for fun besides go to uh, expensive restaurants. We can. <laughs> because that is as, literally as far as our creativity goes most of the time. Uh, we can record a podcast while we're in here. And uh, while we're in here, I thought it would be kind of fun to sort of delve into our history a little bit as um, as writers. And so if it's not out by the time that this podcast episode is out, we are going to release the first book of a trilogy of books from the mind of KG, written by both of us. Uh, the first book in the trilogy called Legacy. And so with that in mind... Well, the trilogy is called Legacy, just so we're clear. <laughs> yes, the trilogy is called Legacy. And uh, with that in mind, I thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of go back and talk a little bit about how the the journey towards um, getting to write stuff together. Because I, I think there is a way to tie this maybe into autism a little bit. Autism isn't the central focus of this episode, but I think it does contribute to some of uh, the factors of our writing, what makes up our writing abilities, what dictates our strengths and weaknesses, stuff like that. I would say so, especially since autism and creativity don't necessarily go together, one would say. No. I mean, there have been some very artistic individuals that people theorize might have had autism, like Mozart, for example, considering that, according to history, he was able to write symphonies at age four. Right, right. (laughs) So, actually, writing was one of the first things that um, you and I talked about uh, when we like first started talking to each other, uh, because we just we exchanged emails. We we started off communicating with each other the old fashioned way. That's um, what I was used to. Yeah, right. So uh, we were emailing each other until it, it reached a point where it wasn't me; it was you. Uh, that said, actually, why don't we just text each other? Be easier. Yeah. I I had fun emailing <laughs> each other though, to be honest. Yeah, it was had, it, it had that old fashioned quality to it. Yeah, and uh, one of the main things that we shared were the kinds of stories that we were writing or wanted to write. And I remember how uh, there was one night 
where you and I were trying to basically, uh, it, well, maybe I was making it a competition of which story was more disturbing. And uh, you told me the idea of a disturbing story that never saw the light of day, and I, then I just, I just can't write that type of story. Well, not necessarily not because of the theme, not because of what happened in the story, but because it would have been basically fan fiction. And for some reason, when it comes to fan fiction, my mind just can't write that. I I used to write fan fiction for a long time. Um, and uh, it's something that I just kind of eventually stopped doing for the most part because I really wanted to go into much more original storytelling because originals, like if you write an original story that will more likely get published right. and, you know, and give you some traction. Well, I mean, unless so. you're like Fifty Shades of Grey, which was basically Twilight fan fiction turned into an original story. But that's what we call laziness <laughs> in a way. I mean... I guess it's not. I guess it's not lazy to uh, write an entire novel on a BlackBerry, but I digress. That was that's that takes that takes some commitment. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, you told me uh, the idea of a, stir- a disturbing story you had that uh, never saw the light of day, and then uh, I responded to you with my idea for a disturbing story that never saw the light of day, and uh, and and you responded and you said. Um, I'm not, actually, now that I think about it, I'm not sure which one is more disturbing. And I was so happy with myself, I started blasting Lose Yourself by Eminem. Um, <laughs> that's a part of the story you never knew. I just imagine, <laughs> you like, did not, you I did just not know you, that. I yeah. just imagine you get the text and you're like, <gasps> and then you immediately run to your like laptop or whatever, and you're like, it's time. Yeah. I'm not I'm not even joking. Like when you when you said that I blasted Lose Yourself by Eminem uh, because I, I felt so good about something. myself. Yeah. So uh this is actually the first time that KG's ever heard that part of the story. <laughs> um but um yeah, essentially, you know, that like that's what happened. It, it was just sort of sharing with each other uh some of our ideas. Cause I liked to kind of go into um into some disturbing routes. I guess we it's a good time to talk about a little bit about genre. You know, I I'm someone who loves writing, you know, very grounded stories, stuff like this like psychological thrillers or um you know, like I'm willing to insert maybe a little bit of science fiction, kind of like a shadow of science fiction into a grounded story, but most of the time I love writing stories about you know, um, someone's everyday experiences. To me, that intrigues me a lot because I think it connects with people in a way that it makes them feel less alone when they read it. You're, you're much, much more of the escapist route. Sure, but I can write grounded stories. No, I know you can. I'm just saying it's more the escapist route. Which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, science fiction, fantasy. I read, you know, a lot of the stuff that I would read when I was younger was, like, young adult novels. Um, And I would always find these young adult novels that no one else has ever heard of. And I would think they were masterpieces and couldn't understand why people didn't, you know, why more people didn't know about these. Like, um... That's because it didn't have the, the love triangle and the female protagonist. Or and... the, uh, or the, um... <laughs> You know, person's special, you know, person's, for some reason. Person's special or, like, uh, drama. Yeah. 
Um, so like, uh, The 39 Deaths of Amstram by Gregory Galloway, Forgive Me, Larry Peacock by Matthew Quick. These were books that I found that no one else knew about. People only knew about books like, um, I don't know. Hunger, Hunger Games. Hunger Games, Twilight. Allegiance. The, the, no, not the Divergence um, series. The Divergence series. And I guess if you want to kind of go a little more of a grounded route, pretty much whatever John Green wrote. The Fault in Our Stars, An Abundance of Catherines, you know, that type Will, of stuff. Did he write Will Grayson? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was a terrible book, but um, <laughs> he did read. He did write Will Grayson. Will Grayson. He co-wrote that with someone. Oh. Uh, I thought that's it was why it was terrible because he co-wrote it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a terrible book. I thought it was one of the worst books he ever read. Abundance, Abundance of Catherine's I read in the in a matter of several days and then forgot everything about right immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I regret that I did not finish reading um, Looking for Alaska. Um, but the Hulu series, uh, what I did watch of it, I thought was fantastic. That's good, at least. Yeah. Um. But how about we get into, like... Well, like, what, what, like, what are some of your, like, the books that you grew up, you know, loving? Because I think it complements the escapist stuff that, oh, you know, what you didn't enjoy I, writing. What did I read when <laughs> what I was What didn't young? you read? I mean, <laughs> I, I can, we can narrow it, we can, like, take, um... Like, really grounded high school stories to the chopping block. (laughs) Yeah, let's see. Well, for one thing, I read, uh, since I went to a private school for the first 10 years, for 10 years, we'd had a very small library, so there wasn't really much to check out there. But what I did, I did check out, I did enjoy reading. It was mostly mystery books when I was little, when I was like, like, elementary middle school so i first started out with boxcar children mm-hmm. um, which are actually a lot older than than i realized um when most I was of the books that you loved reading predates you <laughs> and me <laughs> i yeah i absolutely loved the boxcar children um whenever i would go visit my grandparents in missouri we went to the library mm-hmm. um we would i would grab every single boxcar children book that i had not read and it would be like uh, probably a stack of 10 books that I would just take home take home and read in a matter of like three days mm-hmm. um and then I also read um the Sugar Creek Gang which is mm-hmm. another old book old book yeah. series right but again it was a private school library we didn't have a lot of modern books mm-hmm. um and again those were mysteries a bit more grounded than I would say boxcar children um, and then I'm, and then as I grew up, I moved on to Hardy Boys, not Nancy Drew. For some reason, I mean, I did read a little bit of Nancy Drew, but not like the older books, mm-hmm. more like a elementary school style book series. I can't remember like what it was actually called though, mm-hmm. but it was Nancy Drew. Right. I read those, and then I got into Hardy Boys, and I never looked back on Nancy Drew. Right. <laughs> I right. actually own. 60 of the original um, Hardy Boys series that was a gift from for Christmas from my family. They mm-hmm. bought it out in tons of boxes for me, right. and I still have every single one of them. I mean, I guess if I was to go back to classics for a minute, I loved anything. I loved a lot of things that Robert Louis Stevenson wrote. Oh, yeah, Treasure um, Island. That's, yeah. One of my, that's my absolute favorite classic book. Yeah, Treasure Island, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, mm-hmm. I read all that stuff. And then um, in 2013, I went through a serious phase where I was reading anything like Richard Matheson wrote. And mm-hmm. then Richard Matheson died several weeks after I really got into <laughs> his stuff. So I thought that was a little weird. Um, but yeah, almost yeah, almost anything that Richard Matheson wrote, like I Am Legend, What Dreams May Come, a lot of his um, short horror stories. And then, um, um, so 
So uh, and then I moved on to high school, which mm-hmm. had a much bigger library with a lot with a much larger um, with a much more variety in terms of books. Mm-hmm. That's where I read the first three books of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yes, I read those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also got into the Star Wars EU books at that point, like yeah. the Thrawn trilogy. Right. Um, you want to listen to us read those? Uh, go to Van's Art Productions. Oh, another YouTube another <laughs> like old uh, older book series that I read when I was still in, at my private school um, was Redwall. Mm-hmm. And. Now I can I'll say this, and you may sound and it may sound very kiddish, but let me tell you, it was actually it actually got quite violent at some points. Mm. But it was about animals. Nice anthropomorphic animals, but it actually was like extremely violent at some points. And the books were like 300, 400, 500 pages long. So oh, wow. yeah, so very thick books. Right, right. And um, I read all of them. <laughs> Every single one of them, and there's like twenty books. And, nice. But the uh, the library had like fifteen of them, mm-hmm. and I would just ch- and I would just grab all of them. I would just grab one, take it home, read it, bring it back, grab home, grab the next one, take it home, read it, and get it back, bring it back. It mm-hmm. got to the point where the librarian was like, "You know what? I trust you to bring these books back. You don't have to check them out anymore." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I do remember, like you, we exchanged. We would exchange a couple stories, um, you know, to show with each other. I know I showed you less because it was a lot harder for me, it was a lot harder for me to share stuff with you because I would write much longer stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, one story that you shared with me that really stuck out was what was it called again? It's the superhero one. Eclipse. Eclipse. It was that called was Eclipse. That was my very was- first novella. I've mostly written short stories up to that point. Oh yeah, my. Do we want to? Do we want to eventually get into like how we started writing? Uh yeah, go ahead please. So um, I'm someone out on the autistic on the autism spectrum. We usually have there usually a, there's usually a thing, some sort of thing we do to help calm down. That's mm-hmm. like repetitive motion. That's what it's called. Yeah. One of the symptoms. Repetition. Of, yeah. Not necessarily repetition. Just rep- rep- repetitive motion. Mm-hmm. Like for example, Temple Grandin. She had the hugging machine that she made because she right. couldn't handle getting hugged by actual people. Right. Right. But some. But another thing you might notice in autistic children is swinging or spinning around mm-hmm. it helps calm them down for some reason right for me it's running back and forth although that's i've eventually managed to reprogram that part of me to fact to just do it on like an elliptical or mm-hmm. a treadmill or something right it just for some reason doing that that motion of running mm-hmm. not actually running just yeah. the, just the motion of running in a controlled environment mm-hmm. it helps me one relax um, and two helps me daydream. Right. And when I daydream, that's when I can really work through stories. Yeah. And so when I was younger, that's what I would that's what I would do. And I would come up to mom and be like, Mom, I just had I just came up with this really interesting daydream and I would tell her about it and she's like, You know, you should write those down. And me, being the autistic person that I hmm. am, guess what I said? What? Yes. Um, think about awesome. No. Exactly. I said <laughs> yeah. no. I'm sure you did. But eventually, as I got older, I'm like, you know what? Maybe she had something there. <laughs> you know what? Maybe she had something there. So I decided one day to write down my very first story, and I literally hand wrote it in pen. Mm-hmm. And with all the scribbles out, with all the scribbles and everything. Yeah. And then I, over the time, I would come up with other ideas and write them down. Um, and, and I got 
better writing. And then when it came to Eclipse, it was my mom told me about this thing that was going on in November called NaNoWriMo, mm-hmm. which stands yep. for National Novel Writing Month. Yep. And basically the goal, for teenagers at least, was to write something that was like... What was it twenty five thousand words? Fifty, actually. No, that's for it, that's for adults. This oh, was the okay. Teen version. Oh, okay. Well, I I tried the adult version. You were an adult <laughs> at that point. I was still a teenager. No, no, I wasn't. I was a teen. Well, how old? Uh, this was twenty twelve. So, uh, seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. Well, I didn't do it until twenty fifteen. Okay. No, wait. No, it was I was still in high school. So it would have had to be twenty twelve. Nanorimo. That's what I remember. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> I did. No, it would have been a couple years later because 2012 was I was still in middle school. Okay, yeah. For me, it would have it would have had to be like 17. Anyway, so yeah, anyway, yeah. Either way, um. So yeah, I decided. So she told me about that, and I'm like, okay, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I wrote Eclipse, which is a soup, which is my a superhero story because I really I was really into superheroes at the time. So that was. When it comes to writing for me, I really like a challenge. So I'm like, okay, how can I take all these superhero tropes that I like, that I li- really like, and put them in a story? Right. Yeah. When I was really young, I wanted to write stories because I loved reading them. But I, you know, I wanted to write them myself. Um, it actually started with um, like my mom, you know, offered to help, like, to help me write these stories because uh, I was no typer, you know. So she would. Um, she was willing to like sit down and you should have handwritten it like me. I didn't. No, I mean, I mean, I did some, but my mom was the one who ultimately decided to help me by like allowing me to dictate um those stories to my mom. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of these stories were just like were, were like ridiculous. Like they they had no point to them at all. There was a short story my mom you know typed up. What she typed up whatever I told her to type, and it was just some dumb, meaningless story about our cat doing cat things. And it just, but hey, I mean you got to start somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And that's um that's where it ultimately started, and the, it got into um you know more dramatic stuff. Um, my mom helped me put together a, basically a written adaptation of Muppet Treasure Island because that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, there's like little things like that, that kind of, you know, planted the seed for, um, you know, for my writing growing up. Um, tried my hand at a, like at a few novels, um, ranging from like a book that was heavily inspired by Lost, the TV series, mm-hmm. and, um, uh, like a couple of fantasy stories. Um, they were pretty terribly written when I look back on them now. They were pretty bad. It, I had to constantly go back and kind of relearn how to write a novel. Because, like, I was part of a writer's internship in 2012. I was, um, published in a couple of places. Went to a lot of, uh, went to a, a writer's club at the lo- at the local library. There was a lot of stuff I did just to learn how to write good stories. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... Um, we'll get back into it more later, but I think the first, uh, book of the Legacy Trilogy that you and I are working on together might be the most complete thing I've ever written, (laughs) or at least, you know, helped write. I would like to point out that I didn't actually meet the goal of NaNoWriMo, because... Uh, neither did I. But I got, but because, not because for lack of trying, but it was because the story wrapped up. There was nothing more to write about. If I tried adding more, I felt like it would have been, it wouldn't have fit. Right. 
Um, I ran into the exact same problem. The story yeah. just wrapped up. Yeah, just yeah. that's just what happens. You can have a goal for a word count, but if you can't think, but if you can't think of what to write, if you can't think of if you can't think of adding anything else, I was obsessed with knowing the word count, how far I was into the story, how many words it was. I'm not, I'm not so much now, but I, I mean, used I, to be obsessed with it. I only kept track because of Nanorimo. I wanted to see how much I would, I wrote every time. I, I legit, I remember reading a book about. Uh, how to Write, which, by the way, I've also read On Writing by Stephen King, which I strongly recommend for anyone who wants to take writing seriously. It's a great book. It's an old book, but it, it's still just as relevant now as it You're was Stephen then. Stephen King, yeah. if anybody. Um, yeah, but I mean, ugh, some of his some of his books age like curdled, like milk, you know. But, um, yeah, so I remember uh, one, one part of this book I was reading about writing, they said, like, the average or the minimum length for a full-blown novel is 50,000 words, and I got really excited because the novel I was working on then, um, I was pretty far into it, and I finally bothered to look up the word count, and I was like, 35,000 words. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm so close. Um, mostly pulled it off. I think I got to like 49,000 before, um, it, before it, just, before it stopped. Yeah. It was a terrible book. A terrible book. We all, um, we all I literally, that. I was so inspired by Lost that I literally wanted to finish the book without answering all the questions that I had put in the story. Um, which is also Lost. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, again, a couple of, uh, fantasy books that I tried writing. I tried like two, fantasy books kind of of, the, of a similar premise just trying to write them differently and neither of them worked yeah same thing after i wrote eclipse like when i wrote eclipse i was like on a roll i would come back home from school and just like get on the computer and start mm -hmm. typing away and then i and then i finished eclipse i shared it to everybody everybody said oh yeah this is great mm -hmm. um this is really well done and then um every time i had another idea just petered out i just couldn't bring myself to finish it it's hard yeah um would you say that it and i'm not i'm not asking this to like pat myself on the back or anything but would you say that like me being a collaborator with you has kind of helped you reach the end or no i mean i finished a book by myself it's not two books technically if you oh okay well i mean maybe uh the length of legacy then let's sure. try that sure i guess Anyway, I'm not I'm not trying to fish for compliments or anything. I'm just asking. You did, you were a great help though. Okay. But why, appreciate speaking it. of that, why don't we get into our strengths and weaknesses as right. writers? Well, before we do that, um, 2017 was like a big year for and I know, I know I'm going through the history here. Uh -huh. 2017 was a big year though um, when it came to um, really learning each other's like or like I guess you learning my strengths and me learning your strengths when it comes mm -hmm. to writing because you want to get into that. Um, 2017 was a big year for it, though, because, uh, that's when I wrote the, uh, what-if story for Eclipse, where mm -hmm. I just, like, wrote something. I was really inspired by the movie Logan. Uh, this is the second time Logan has been mentioned in the show, and probably will not be the last. <laughs> but, um, I was really inspired by Logan, and, and Logan is that, that story of, you know, putting, placing Wolverine, you know, one of the, uh, key X-Men in a situation where the um, where almost all the X-Men are dead, and it's just like, it, it is a completely different world, um, completely different perspective on, on mutants in general. Um, it's a world that's much more hostile towards, towards mutants and where almost none of them exist anymore. And so you have, like, Wolverine who has to take this girl and um, 
who's just like him get her to um get her to um the rest of her people so that they can go on to be the new x-men mm-hmm. so anyway um this what if story was kind of like in the same mindset where let's just take everything that you establish in eclipse destroy it <laughs> <laughs> um essentially destroy it and then uh, just, um, just to just to uh clarify i did give him permission to do this it wasn't like he went and did it went and did it behind my back and then brought it for brought it forth and like hey look i did this and then when i did it i did it gleefully <laughs> um but it was a it was a story very much like that it's like just um, you know, basically, like, kill off almost everyone that was important to the main character, um, and put him in a situation that is really, really difficult. It was inspired by Logan, but it was also inspired by that old, old book, um... The Road? No, no, not The Road, um, though I can see why you would think that. It, it was, um, that old, old book about the Nazi that apologizes to the Jew for the Holocaust. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called either, but anyway, it's, it's, it's a classic book, and I, I liked the idea of that, yeah. you know, and it's basically, it's a story about the main villain on his deathbed, mm-hmm. you know, apologizing to the main character for everything, for all the terrible things he's done. I wanted to, you know, have that sort of setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, I think think that was when you know you kind of started to see that hey um i really like this stuff that you can do because one of my strengths when it comes to writing is character dialogue yeah that that's one that that's a strength um because i'll read through your dialogue and and it's like almost like um in the deepest respect i say this almost like two robots communicating with each other um and and I think that's actually even like rooted in autism just a little bit because well, yeah, it's that lack of empathy. Empathy. Lack. Mm-hmm. Well, it's and again, it's 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 it, it reads like someone who doesn't understand emotion trying to explain emotion, <laughs> which, trying to express which, it, yeah. which, which sums up my symptoms perfectly. Yeah. So, since I'm not an emotional individual, and one of the symptoms of Autism, unfortunately, is a lack of empathy for people. And I, on the other hand, am an emotional time bomb. Um, <laughs> Which is why we balance each other out perfectly. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, you know, I can do dialogue pretty well. What I can't do very well, and which you've been trying to help me with, is uh, world building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I can be pretty decent at world building. That's a lie. Um, <laughs> I'd say you can do foundation it's just Mm -hmm. building up from the foundation is where you have problems it's building 101 from our mortal deity audio drama foundation then door um (laughs) (laughs) yes you build the foundation then you build a door but you don't build anything else right um so yeah like uh, (laughs) our mutual friend jack the red is gonna love that um the um I can do character dialogue. I can really because I love really gain into the mindset of a person. You know, and I really and I like to try to do that too. It's just harder for me. And I loved you know like exploring the vulnerability the vulnerabilities of characters. Like again, you know, I mentioned earlier. Uh, Forgive me, Leonard Peacock was one where you really get to um, explore the mindset of a character. I love the fact that that book is set up in a way where to almost visualize the character's psyche. Um, there's the, the body, like the, there's the body of the book, like the, the text. And then there's the, and then there's the long paragraph, long footnotes at the bottom that you constantly have to refer to. And you're going back and forth, back and forth. You know what that's called? Stream of thought. Yeah. It's this messy, 
tangled, incoherent stream of thoughts that you have to try to follow. Mm -hmm. Like, I loved that style so much. It visualizes how your brain can bounce back and forth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it was uh, fantastic. And so that's what I love to do. Like, character dialogue, um, and then, like, settings, or, like, describing characters. I mean, in all honesty, if Uh, KG wasn't helping me... No, I I meant that's a weakness. Ah. Um, At least you didn't mention that. Yeah, sorry. Um, A weakness is... Yes. So start from there. You just want me to confess Salt Live. No, I'm trying to make it flow better. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. Um, Yeah, one of my weaknesses uh, when it comes to writing is, like, kind of um, setting or Mm -hmm. even describing characters. I mean, in all honesty, if KG wasn't, like, there to just help me, like, figure out clothes, everyone would probably assume that all my characters were naked and bald. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Face, no, not just naked and bald, they'd have no face. Yeah, right. (laughs) Just that, yeah, just these, like, yeah, these faceless, shapeless blobs. Isn't Um, that interesting? I can't handle emotion, as in the inner part of a person, but you mm-hmm. can't handle the outer appearance of a person. And you have mentioned you have problems with faces, which is, an auti- which is another symptom of autism. Uh, yeah, I have a little bit of an issue with faces. Um, I'm not very good at remembering names if mm-hmm. I've only heard them once or twice. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movies I've watched where it's like, I don't remember the names of most of these characters after the movie, and that's not even necessarily because um, the writing was bad. I'm just not good at remembering them. Mm-hmm. So, um... So that's another uh, weakness of mine is like kind of describing the ability to describe characters really put the visual in uh, readers' heads as to what characters look like. Mm -hmm. Um, But my strength is dialogue. I I think those are like kind of the two essential ones. For you, like your weakness is dialogue, but your strength is world building. And descriptions. Yeah. So as you can tell by... By explaining what my strengths and weaknesses are, and then what your strengths and weaknesses are. I didn't even are. get into mine, though. Go on. I, there's <laughs> clearly something I'm missing. My weakness is that I assumed <laughs> that we went over your, the strengths and weaknesses already. Well, I mean, we went over yours, but mine are just the inverse. Right. Like we met, I mean, I, that's literally what I was about to well, say. Well, I mean, we, yeah. did men- we did talk about, like, my weakness in terms of dialogue and characters, but... My absolute strength is um, world building and um, and describing things. The way I, the way my brain works is that how I visualize it is that I imagine since I daydream a lot to come up with stories, it basically creates like this movie in my head. Mm-hmm. And when I write, I, I'm just taking, I'm basically just going sh- at, to use a film reference, shot by shot. Yeah. Right. In um in my head and just taking what I see, what I can visualize and see in that, with that movie mm-hmm. and then describing what I'm seeing. So I'm like, okay, um, the setting is this, the setting is, it is this, um, this bar in the seat in like this, in like the bad part of town. Mm-hmm. And then, so I describe what does this, what does the room look like? Is it darkly lit? Is it brightly lit? How many tables are, how many tables are there? Is it smoke filled? But music is playing. Right. And then, so I start there. And then it's like, okay, what characters are talking? Okay, it's these two characters. What does this person look like? What does that person look like? What are they wearing? What is their hair color? Their eye color? How do they, how do they present themselves? Mm-hmm. Right. So going into all those nitty-gritty little details that don't seem important at first, but they can really enhance a reader's experience. Right. Because the books I loved and the books that... And again, I can't really name, like, a specific book off the top of my head. But just the books I've read... If if a book can get, allow me to visualize what's happening, mm-hmm. I've all, that's a good book for me. So that's what I try to emulate. I think the best way to sum up 
you know, how you and I are able to, um, and I know it sounds an awful lot like we're, like, we're just dedicating this entire episode to just showering ourselves or each other with compliments, Mm -hmm. but there is kind of a point to this at at the end. Um, the, I, I think what's great about the way that you and I work together when it comes to, um, you know, telling these stories, um, especially when it comes to the characters is that, you know, you can bring the characters to life visually while i bring the characters to life personality wise yeah you know because i mean you know like you've um you've even said this yourself at one point like uh together if you're the one writing the dialogue for all the characters your characters can all kind of sound the same mostly um except for a few somehow you (laughs) managed to make a few stick out to the point where um they could not be any more different from the majority of the characters you write. The pinnacle, though, of when we were able to figure out each other's um, writing strengths, and then from there we decided, you know what, let's write the first book of Legacy together, because that was uh, originally just your project. Mm -hmm. And um, that- And I I was kind of stuck with it anyway. Right. Um, That would be when we um, wrote that scene together or you kind of like helped me through writing a scene for a fanfic that never got finished. It's probably one of the better things I've written, but um, it was a scene where we combined our strengths of like atmosphere, setting, physical descriptions, you know, character dialogue, motivations, personalities. You were the one kind of like, um, you know, helping build up the setting and the atmosphere of the scene. And all I would do was ask questions like, okay, what does this look like? Right. What does that look like? Yeah. What's, he, what's that person currently doing? But you would, like, challenge me, and, like, there were, like, over and over again, like, I would have to, like, rewrite sentences mm-hmm. just to just to make sure I was getting it right. Yeah. And then... Um, it's like, no, don't use that word. Think of it... Use this word. This yeah. word bring This word brings it to life more. Yeah, and I was writing the, um, I would write the character dialogue and lay out the motivations and stuff like that, and you and I would just bounce, bounce ideas off of each other over, like, what exactly the scene entails. Mm-hmm. And I think that was when we sort of figured out we can, like, we can collaborate pretty well, you know, on writing a book together, mm-hmm. um, because we can, like, figure out how to go from point A to point B in a scene. I think another thing that help, helps us write is that we both... Well, I don't know about you, but I like to challenge myself when it comes to writing. I right. don't like when I first started like exploring writing. Um, literally, everybody around me was telling me, like my parents, my grandparents were telling me, "Oh, you'd be such a good children's book writer," because they didn't understand. <laughs> they just didn't understand. <laughs> because whenever I think children's books, I'm like, "That's too easy, though. Mm-hmm. What's the point of writing children's books?" And I mean, they make good money. <laughs> they do make good money. And there are really good children, good children's books out there. But I'm like, no, that's not for me, though. I just knew right then, whenever they said, I'm like, no, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. And as I got older and I was able to expand my knowledge of writing and storytelling, I'm like, I don't want to just, like, do the run-of-the-mill type stories. I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge what's being put, out in, put it, being put out in terms of books. Mm-hmm. So, like, Legacy, to not get into too many details, was right. kind of like... A deconstruction slash reconstruction of vampire book storytelling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like, I don't like this trope. I'm right. gonna, so I'm not going to do that. Right. Or like, 
I or like this trope has been done so many times. How can I reinvent it? Like you know, the char- the idea of a damp fear. Mm-hmm. The, the half the half vampire half human. Usually, this book is about vampires, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Most of the time in vampire story in vampire stories, they're like seen as the outcast. They're not part of either world. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's boring though. What if I made what if I made a damp fear or or the damp fear will side with the humans against the vampires, mm-hmm. but they still won't be part of them. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> they're caught between two worlds. They're neither human nor vampire. They're something else. Right. But so I'm like, what if I made a Danfear character that sides with the vampires, is cool with the vampires, and the vampires are cool with that character? Nice. I'm like, and I'm, yeah. just, and I'm just like, yeah, that sounds like a good Solid. idea. Solid. <laughs> right. Right. But like with other with other stories that, not to get into too much detail, I, every story I want to write, I want to challenge myself. I'm like, okay, what's something that. What's something that's like, that's like, that everybody sees as like normal or controversial in a way? And how can I write that? How can I challenge myself as a writer to write good stories that may not necessarily agree with my beliefs, but it's something I really want to write about? Because you don't like writing things in like kind of a sugar coated, no, I don't want to, sh- you know, like Christian movie sort of way. No, that's yeah. boring. I know that's that's, that's why the, I think that, most Christian movies suck. That's the know. that's the baseline of my writing style. That's boring, right? Yeah, that is literally <laughs> like everything I don't want my writing to be. Exactly. Yeah. I want to challenge myself to write stuff that doesn't necessarily agree with my beliefs without compromising those beliefs in a way, right? Right, because you it's it is possible to do that. Yeah, again, I don't like sugarcoating either. I I love kind of like delving into um some pretty gritty uncomfortable themes. I just I just like writing stories that make you feel uncomfortable now. I don't know why. I I don't know if it's just an edge to me that uh that is there, but it's something that I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Um do you like have anything to say in terms of like people on the autism spectrum? Like cuz a lot of a lot of people on the autism spectrum are writers. I know this just from you know, meeting with other uh, people on the spectrum. You know, they love to write. They love to, um, you know, they come up with great ideas. They um, love to brainstorm. So, mm-hmm. like, I guess for people on the autism spectrum, do you think there are additional, based on your ex- experience, do you think there are additional challenges to writing? Well, I mean, like I said, part of my, one of my weaknesses is, is like you said, character emotions and character dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a writing that's not necessarily coming boiling down to like I can't physically I I have a problem writing with that. It's not like I can't prep. It's not like I haven't practiced that or tried or tried to do that. And mm-hmm. as you said, I have succeeded in some points. Yeah, it's just since a lack of empathy is an autistic symptom, that's not something I can control. Mm-hmm. Um, I can certainly try, and I have mm-hmm. to some to varying degrees of success. Right, but. Point is, I guess the point is, is just practice writing first and mm-hmm. then identify what weaknesses you have and figure out whether that comes from how your brain is wired or if it's just a writing, a writing flaw that you need to work on. Mm-hmm. Because again, my la- the lack of empathy my characters have in terms of like emotions and dialogue isn't necessarily a writing flaw, it's a thing my it's just how my brain's wired and i can't control that but right. which is why i collaborate with you 
And that's another thing. If you can't figure it out yourself, find someone else who is good at it and help have them help you through it. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, KG and I have been helping each other like through these stories and, you know, fleshing out these characters for a couple years now. It's so cool because, um, you know, when we wrote that one scene together um, in a story that <laughs> doesn't exist, uh, and we kind of like discovered what our strengths and weaknesses were and helping each other through them Then we decided to write legacy and that was literally like two months before we got married Yeah, you know? so it's like it, it was just kind of fun it's another another tip I have for any autistic writers out there sometimes Sometimes changing a single word can completely change a sentence completely change a scene absolutely use a thesaurus more often i mean yeah. don't use it to such a like a staggering degree you but. can literally look up like description wheels there are description wheels for people who are writing and it literally shows okay what's the what's the common word and how and what are like some branches off what are some other words that can describe this emotion more passionately right right like instead of mad are they rageful or not rageful are they wrathful <laughs> Are they? Is it simmering? Is it simmering anger? Something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think that's uh, I think that's pretty good. How about you? Well, what about you? Do you have any um, um, advice for autistic writers? Uh, I would say that um, you know, for anyone who's on the autism spectrum and maybe feels discouraged that they can't write. Uh, the truth is that you can. I mean, it's almost just like everyone else. Practically everyone can write. They yeah. just don't know. They, it's just not always their uh, passion or their dream mm -hmm. um, or what they really want to pursue. But if you really, if you really are interested in pursuing writing, then you already have an advantage over so many other people. And um, I think we, I think we just need more uh, writers on the spectrum out there, whether it's to represent autism itself or do something completely different, mm -hmm. you know, because like I, I base some of my writing on um, stuff related to the autism spectrum. You are on the autism spectrum, but you go, I am going to be as neurotypical as possible when it comes to writing, you know? Well, yeah, it's just that's like, because it's writing like, on the spectrum is boring. <laughs> <laughs> what does that even mean exactly? It's not fun for me. Oh, to write about the spectrum? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's different. See, that's the difference between you and I. <laughs> yeah. I, I, can, I can enjoy it. Yeah. I, I, say, I like bringing some awareness if I say, there. If I say a topic is boring, it's because that's not what I want to write about. All right. Well, I think you and I are going to go to Chili's. Okay. <laughs> so. Oh, wait. Uh, one more thing. One more piece of advice. Mm -hmm. It's never going to be perfect the first time. No. And most likely, I'm just going to, like, break it to you right now. Your, your very first book will probably not make it. The first, the first story you will write, you will probably look back with horror and disgust. And, it will, and you will take that story, lock it in a safe, and bury it six feet underground. Right. And then pour concrete on top of that ground. So don't be discouraged <laughs> by that. Don't be discouraged by the fact that your first book will probably not make it or that your first story is so bad you don't want to look at it. Um... It, it's 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 practice it's like anything it's practice you you know you progress uh that stuff is important yeah and i would say like look into resources you know look into the book on writing by stephen king i strongly recommend that but also practice I under, yourself I, also yeah. practice yourself learn what you like to write learn what kind of look learn what your style is because every person's style is different writers write like if you uh one of the best one of the best methods to just get um getting writing down is just write something 
like really anything just write anything and don't stop like what i mean by that is start typing and then just don't stop That's let your mind just like just let your mind vomit all this stuff on onto the paper. Keep keep going. Don't stop. Look back and and think about what you want to change until you reach a certain point um, where you've gotten where you've basically worn your mind out for a minute, and then you can look back and then you can figure out you know what you want changed or if the whole thing should be omitted. Who knows? Yeah. And now we're going to Chili's. Yep. All right. See you guys next time. Have questions about the topics I've covered or the conversations I've had? Want to provide suggestions for autism-related topics I can cover? Email me at vanzotmedia at gmail.com. That's V-A-N-Z-O-T media at gmail.com. And I'll consider your suggestions. Hey guys, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, write a review to help the show grow, and subscribe to my Substack at thepancakeking.substack.com to receive updates on new podcast episodes, a new blog post every Saturday, and other content I may put out. You can also check out the entertainment me, KG, and my friends make together on our YouTube channel, Vanzot Productions. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.